there's so many ways that we could talk about helping people with engagement and like starting conversations. There are people that you can pay to start conversations for you if it's in social media world, but the real magic happens when you can start authentic conversations where you're building your business. Because um, if you're not online or if you're, if you're in a brick and mortar, like there's nothing more important than like connecting with that community. Like even the coffee shop people, even if those people will never be your clients, you getting a relationship with the guy who serves you coffee down the street or where you grocery shop, like they're going to be like, oh, there's Le Leslie has a Pilates place. Like you're always one yep. person away from like referrals. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey you, welcome back to the Be It Till You See It podcast. Oh my Lord. Mm. Um, my friend Jessica Bergio is our guest today and I cannot wait for you to dive into this episode. The interview is so much fun. Jessica has lived an incredible life and she is a total badass, 100%. Um, we talk about how she got started as a stylist. We talk about how she opened up her own studio, uh, her own salon. And then how she went to the coaching business. And then we also dive into being a single mom at 40 and how she does all the things and or not, right? So we, we go into so many different parts about her. Um, if you are thinking about really trying to put yourself out there, this is the episode for you. And I want you to make sure you listen because there's some little be it drops throughout the entire episode that I don't want you to miss. Check out the show notes. We've got her awesome bio who she is and the confidence coach that she is today. And also how you can listen to her more on her own podcast, Beauty Inspires Beauty, um, her Instagram handle, everything is there. So make sure that you take a look at all those things, connect with Jessica and let her know what you loved about this. But I couldn't even stop her to ask her what the her be it strategies would be. She literally just went right into it, which is incredible. And one, one of the things I love about her so much is that she just goes out and does it. So enjoy this episode right after these messages. Hey, be it listener. You are listening to this because you literally want to be it till you see it. And you want that motivation and inspiration every single week. And I freaking love you for that. And here's the thing. Last year, I created a hundred with me challenge, 100 with me, meaning you give yourself 100% and we do it together. And this month's theme is me, myself, and I, why is that? Because after a year of what we've all been through, it is so easy to not be a me, myself, and I kind of person. And some people might even think that that's being pretty selfish and I would disagree. And I know you would too, cause you're listening to this. We have to fill our cup first and we have to practice doing that. And that takes accountability and it takes community. And I have my 100 with me challenge coming up. I want you in it. In fact, I want you and all your friends in it because here is the deal. When you have your friends and family doing something with you together, you change your environment. When your environment changes, big things happen. So go to 100withme.com to sign up. That's 100withme.com, the number 100withme.com to sign up for this challenge. We start in October. We have live workouts together. We have hangout sessions together. We have a group where we can connect together and really share what's going on, what's holding us up from actually doing the things that we say 
we want to do for ourselves. And the reason we are doing it with Pilates is A, I'm a Pilates teacher, but B, when we connect with ourselves on the mat, we can connect more to others. We can connect to our goals better. How we practice our Pilates is how we practice everything in life. And I know this to be true. We have so many of our OBC members who tell us this, right? So if you've never done Pilates, do not worry about it. I got intro classes for you. And this is the best place to start because you have me in your ear helping you answering your questions. So go to 100withme.com. Join us for this challenge. It's my last challenge for the year. And I really hope you join us. 100withme.com. All right, everyone. Welcome back. I am so excited. I'm so excited to talk to my friend, Jessica Bergio. I hope I didn't say her name wrong. I pretty much say all of my friends' names wrong on this podcast at this point, but, um, she and I met a couple of years ago. We sat next to each other. Actually, I'm going to rewind. We randomly met over a jumpsuit I was wearing (laughs) at a bliss project. And she just said so many nice things to me. I was like, this girl is awesome. And then we were in a mastermind and we sat next to each other. And I remembered you from that moment. And, um, it's just been, it was, it's been so fun to see how you've grown from that was a time where you didn't know what your thing was going to be, but you had this idea in you. And now you are coaching people in your industry on how they can do what you're doing. And so I am going to let you introduce yourself even better than I could, but welcome to the show. I'm really excited that you're here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. And it's so exciting to watch you like start this and know that, you know, I've seen it from before and to now it's just, it's really cool to watch. And I'm kind of in the same boat as you. So yeah, we did, we met, I was volunteering at the bliss project and you walked up with your girlfriends and you guys all had amazing hair and you were wearing this rocking, like almost snakeskin looking. I thought they were pants at first. And I said, Oh girl, where'd you get those pants from? And you like whipped your jacket off and you're like, it's a one piece. I got a coupon code for you. And I was like, Oh my God. So we were instant best friends. Um, and that's really like the power of putting yourself in rooms around people that you don't know. And so that's why I love that you created this podcast based on be it till you see it. So my name is Jessica Bergio. I am a 20 year veteran in the hair industry. And I recently in the last two years got into coaching professionally, um, hairdressers and other creatives to six figures and beyond kind of taking themselves from being stuck behind the chair, just trading time for money into what other possibilities they could create with their business and their life. So it's been quite the challenge to go from being an expert expert in something to then being a beginner, but I like to take a beginner expert, (laughs) a beginner expert. You're like, I actually know what I'm doing, but I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Right. Right. And so it's kind of cool to not know what you don't know, because like you almost go back to that child, like, well, I can do it. Like everyone else is doing it. Why can't I do it? Right. Versus some people get stuck in the, well, everyone else is already doing it. I shouldn't do it. I'm more like, Oh, there's proof. Oh, okay. Like I can try it too. Kind of gives me permission. So yeah, I'm, I just turned 40 and, um, it's, it's been an interesting journey to get where I am now. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could talk for hours on all the things, but I feel like we will have to circle back to a few things. Cause I definitely, I, I'm not 40 yet, but I am approaching it. And many of my friends have turned 40. And so I actually was never paying attention to my 40th birthday, but when all of your friends are, then you're like, Oh, Oh, it's coming. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to circle back to that, but I want to go back to this. Um, you seeing like other people doing something as social proof and that like invigorating you. And also we'll, we'll have to touch on like, what it's almost good that you don't know what you don't know, because I have to say, even with the podcast, right? Like I was like, Oh, this is easy. I go live all the time. Like, this is just, you know, we'll just do that. And then you start doing it. They're like, well, we need like 
eight episodes for the first two weeks. Then we need these. Then you have to like, you have to have all these show notes. And I'm like, Oh, someone has to do all that. <laughs> well, they're definitely, they're like best practices of what you should do to have a successful podcast. Right. But you could have done it any damn well way you please. Like there are people who start right. messy, unorganized, not by the book, but you know, you know, now better. And because we've had those experiences with the mastermind, we've had people that have gone before us create successful, you know, monetizable podcasts. You're like, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to invest properly yeah. and put it out the best way I can. Uh, Cause I think at this stage in the game, if you're going to play, like it's like play as best as you can and like bring your A game. Yeah. And I think that's like where the perfectionist can get into the, uh, into the way because it, the best that you can doesn't mean perfect. It just means the best you can, but a lot of people want the best that they can be to be better than what it is. And they get a little unsatisfied. And, um, and I think that's what holds people back. And it's like, no, actually like even my Angelo said, like you do the best that you can until you know better. And then, and then you just do better. And I have to say like the things that I did perfectly in air quotes, like big flops. Anytime I threw something out messy action, it was like, <laughs> Like, you know, those like posts that you put up and you're like, I just got to get something up there. And you're like, I'm just gonna do a one line. Like, this is all I'm going to say. And it's like the most love, like the most comments and the times you spent, like making sure all the commas in the right spot, like want, want. <laughs> Seriously. I know. And I'm glad that we have those moments that re remind us and we see other people not being completely perfect. You know, it's like, yeah, it gives you permission to kind of do it your own way, which I mean, if we all did it the same exact way, like nobody would stand out. No, no. Um, so you, how long have you been a stylist? I just hit 20 years last September. Wow. That is amazing. That's because you're only 40. Right. And so you're like, I started this as I was 20. So you, you started 20 years ago and what is it like? Cause as a supplies instructor, like I go, I would go into a studio and I worked for a studio and then you're like, got to get clients. And it's not, it's not exactly like a hair salon where someone's like, I'm going to get my haircut today. And then they just go to the place that's close by. Like, you know, it is a little bit different. So what was it like to be a brand new stylist and, and how did you kind of navigate being new to something? Well, fortunately, and unfortunately there was no social media. There was no other way to get clients, but to learn how to go out and talk to people. So my mom was always that person who like, she just literally couldn't be in line without telling the lady in front of her, Oh my God, I love your shoes. Or, Oh my God, your bag. Or being in an elevator where it's just you. And she was like, just starting random conversations. So I think it was like a natural skill set that I just learned, even though it like made my skin crawl when I was a kid, cause she would embarrass me so bad. But when it was my turn to go out there and like find clients and they were like, the only way you're going to get people is if you go out and talk to them and you know, pass out your cards, tell them we're a new salon in town. I was like, okay, I can do it. So I think by being prepared with like what I was going to say, and then just showing up as the best version of myself, I did my hair, did my makeup, I put a cute outfit on, you know, even for things like this, I try to show up as the version I want people to remember me as, because it's not just like what you're saying. It's like how you're saying it and how you're looking. So it's funny because I would have super cute, like short hair, and people, I would talk to people in the bit, Oh my God, your hair's so cute. Yeah. I'll come see you. And I think to myself, well, I didn't cut my own hair. Don't you want her number? Like, <laughs> Right. Like I didn't actually cut my own hair, but okay. But I think it was just like, they figured if you took that much pride in what you look like. So it was easier for me to, you know, ask for the business by going out and talking to people. And in relation to what a lot of your listeners are in, in the fitness world, you know, when I started personal training several years later, I did have a clientele base from behind the chair that I could pull from, but then I also 
already knew how to talk to people. So if I saw them in the gym or if I saw them needing assistance, I felt confident enough to just start asking questions, you know, not put myself on them. Like, Hey, you need to work out with me, but Hey, do you, are you new here? Do you have any questions? So I, I think it's something that, um, luckily, I mean, I still struggle with it sometimes like starting conversations, but I definitely have that in me from my mom where I will randomly just talk to people. And so by doing that, it's created so much ease. Like people ask me for my card. So I, my mom is the same. Like I remember, oh my gosh, I was a teenager in Santa Cruz, which is like two hours away from where I grew up, where we lived. And we were all in matching like family moo-moos. If you're, if you don't know what that is, like look it up. It's like a Hawaiian print thing. And so my uncle lived in Hawaii and he brought like my grandparents their own matching set, my family, that's own matching set, like my aunt and uncle with their kids. So just like a picture, it's like 15 people walking in a mall in moo-moos. <laughs> That for a family photo. This is definitely the nineties when you, when you walked into a mall for a family photo. Anyways, I was just like, Oh my God, I hope no one sees me. And my mom ran into someone that she knew from like 15 years ago that she met in a grocery store line because she talks to everybody. And so as embarrassing as that moment was something I learned as I got older was that she has this like gift of gab in that she doesn't, there's not a place she can go in this world where she won't run into someone she's knows, or she can't talk to. And that made it. Cause I also started teaching Pilates when Facebook was a thing, but like not a thing, like you really used it to find your friends and you didn't promote your business on there. Like that was kind of weird. So, um, so it was very useful to just be able to start a conversation, but I think that's when people get hung up. It's that that starting it. Cause they think they have to like talk about being a hairdresser or being a Pilates teacher or you know, being a makeup artist. And it's actually like, no, you actually just say, I like your shoes. (laughs) Yes. And that's, what's so I think, um, intimidating for people on social media and why I think a lot of people struggle to close sales or to even grow their community or their audience, because they don't spend the time just creating conversation and connection. Like if you're in someone's DM, if you're looking to build your business, or if you're a one-on-one coaching client, whether, whether you're looking for clients doing Pilates, hair, makeup, any of the things like you have to actually be social on social media to get people to attract to you. And so if you have a product or service that you're trying to get out to them, just reaching out and saying, Hey, I have this thing. You want to buy it? I mean, 99.9%, no one's going to buy it. Right. Unless you're a brand name. It's like the people on the street corner who are like trying to like get you to buy something like on the street. Like you're like, no, I I don't actually, I don't even know what that is. (laughs) And so like, there's so many ways that we could talk about helping people with engagement and like starting conversations. There are people that you can pay to start conversations for you if it's in social media world, but the real magic happens when you can start authentic conversations in your, in your, where you're building your business. Because, um, if you're not online or if you're, if you're in a brick and mortar, like there's nothing more important than like connecting with that community. Like even the coffee shop people, even if those people will never be your clients, you getting a relationship with the guy who serves you coffee down the street or where you grocery shop, like they're going to be like, Oh, there's Leslie has a Pilates place. Like you're always one person away from like referrals. And I know social media. 100%. 100%, I love, I agree so much. And I, 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 I can, I remember a couple like smoothie shop, like the people at the smoothie shop. Cause I would get my smoothie every day. And like, they knew when I worked and they knew I would just talk to them and I made sure they knew who I was and what I did. And, and of course, sure enough, I got people like, Hey, so-and-so at the smoothie place told me that you're a Pilates teacher. I was like saying I was tired of my workouts and they're like, Oh, you should work with her. They've never worked with you before. They just like me as a human being. And so I think that, um, 
it's, it sounds so simple. And that's where people really get hung up is that they start to doubt themselves or they think that they have to like, you know, wow people. And it's like, no, it just actually, it's really about having a conversation and, and you can be an introvert and still have those conversations too, you know? Totally. Totally. So when you first started, like we all first start, the first client is like the hardest one, like the for getting anyone who's like a random stranger to like give you money is <laughs> always the hardest thing, no matter what it is that you're trying to do. Um, like, how did you deal with like, you only have one client when you know that you want to have a full schedule or you need to have a full book of clients? Sure. So if I go back to when I started, I did multiple things to get me to where I got my first couple paid clients. So the salon that I worked at, so it could be a studio that you work at, if they do any sort of apprenticeship program or assisting or shadowing or whatever, we would have to go out and get models. So we were not allowed to bring in the same model more than once. We were not allowed to bring in family members. We That's when I first learned how to go out and get models. So that was convincing people to even let your, let you do their hair for free. So first I had to sell myself my services for free. And then that taught me how to sell my services for, you know, to get paid. Um, and I think the more you not give away, but the more that you invest in your business by doing services or giving away training in the beginning, that, that word of mouth business will, will just spiral. If you're good and if you can be consistent and if you can give a good experience with your client, you don't have to be the best trainer or the best hairdresser, but people want to see you win. People want to support you. So if they link up with you early on and they're getting some sort of deal or discount, you know, it really only takes two or three amazing clients to build up your whole book of business. Like, and that's where I got really lucky. Um, my mentor was overflowing with clients and because I put myself in a situation where there was overflow in a bigger salon that trickled down to me. So I didn't really ever have to sell myself. They knew his clients knew that he had trained me. So that spoke for one. And then them seeing a little bit of me and what I was doing that built the confidence and they were willing to let me, you know, try on them. And then therefore they turned into my lifelong clients. Yeah. I, um, I do think like, I, 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 when I think of a hairdresser though, hairstylist, I think like, what was it like to cut someone's hair for the first time? That was on a mannequin. Scary, of course. Super scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what if I cut it wrong? What if I like chopped off like, their I cut so many people's hair wrong, but that's what I'm saying because I was honest. Like if I did do something wrong, if I did not do what they asked, I, I wouldn't charge them. I would say, I didn't quite give you what you wanted. I'm sorry. It's three inches shorter than I told you it was going to be. Um, you know, come back in a couple months and give me another try. And you know what they would, they would, it's like, if someone's going to a new stylist, they are not expecting you to be like people charging $300 for your haircut. And that's why beauty schools exist because you can practice on real people at a very discounted price. They know what they're getting. Um, yeah. So there's, there's ways that you can build your confidence in this industry anyway. So, um, but yeah. some people just jump out of the gate and they just start taking clients. I think if you're a natural at it, there you go. Well, and that's just it. Like there's multiple ways to do something and you can see how someone's success. You can see multiple successful people and ask them whatever it is that you're wanting to do. The, the good news is that every idea has been done. And so there's always going to be some sort of expert or someone who's known for that thing. And you can look at them and you can see and go, okay, you're not going to do their exact path because it doesn't exist. Everyone starts at a different point just because of life, but you can go, okay. So they went through a really successful studio and they went through these schools and they trained by these people. And then they, you can kind of see a roadmap. And just because you follow the roadmap doesn't mean it will end up that way for you, but you, you don't have, it's not a guessing game either. There's like options for you. Um, so you have been styling for 20 years and a few years back, you were like, 
I've actually become very successful and I'm seeing a problem. And this is what I, I love because I think um, a lot of people are like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, there's a lot of things that you're already noticing <laughs> a problem in. And you notice that like a lot of stylists were not as successful as you are. And you wanted to help them do that. Totally. I think, you know, how you say it, you know, some people cannot see what's possible. They may have gotten into the industry under the impression that they just want a job where they can make their own schedule, where they can maybe charge what they want. But if they weren't put in a salon, like I was when I first started at 19 years old, I saw what was possible immediately. So my standard, my levels were just at a different place than people that stayed where I grew up, which was only 30 minutes from where I, I went into downtown San Diego and worked in one of the biggest, most well-known salons. There was over 40 stylists there. There was over 40 assistants at the time. So like you had to bring your A game to stand out. And so watching how these people treated this career, which kind of was an offhand back in the day, like, oh, you couldn't figure out what you wanted to do with your life. So you went to beauty school. Um, it changed the whole conversation around what this industry was capable of. I mean, I saw people driving really nice cars, dressing like rock stars, charging three, $400 ahead 20 years ago. And that's when I was like, oh, the possibilities are endless. And so by the time it was my turn to go from assisting to being on the floor, like I had a standard of six figures was not even in question. Like it was done deal. I'm going to get that in three, four, six months. And so when I see people struggling from the very beginning, it's confusing to me, but I also realize not everybody started the way I started. Not everybody had that experience. So, and it's fine if money isn't what you're necessarily chasing, but most people who say money's not the, the thing they're searching for, they want nice things. They want to be able to travel. They want freedom. And I'm like, well, then you need to make money in order to have those opportunities. So let's keep it real. Um, especially if you live in San Diego where I live, it's like hundred grand a year is barely enough to get by. Um, right. yeah. And in the industry, it costs money to work. Like you're so much overhead. So, you know, I think seeing that there was such a struggling issue, I moved from a big salon to a small space to another big salon. And it was in that time where we were all booth renters. So we were all basically independent entrepreneurs and we did work under one house, but there weren't really like rules for your particular business. And that's when I really started to see the big difference between me and say the people next to me, you know, there were a few of us that, that bounced in those six figures, but not much over a hundred grand. It was always around a hundred to 200, like, and that is a really good career, like income in this industry for working strictly behind the chair. But there were so many other people out of those 40 stations that probably barely touched 40,000 a year, weren't consistently booked, weren't that busy, struggled to, you know, keep their books filled, always had second jobs and um, just couldn't seem to figure it out. And, and after I left that big salon and went and opened my own place, I personally was missing the community, missing the hype that I got every day from coming into that place that made me step my game up, dress a little bit better, you know, um, give my client a better experience. Because right. like your environment really does shape your creativeness and all of the things in your abilities. So when I removed myself from that big space and I had to go provide all that for myself, like the support, the inspiration, I had a really hard time. So it was a combination of those two things. The community and the network was missing for me at that point, especially at my level. I'd already been in the game 15 years at that point when I left the big place. And then also the ability to see people come up in the industry and never quite make it, if you will. Um, yeah. So it was those two things that I was like, there's got to be a better way. How can I go through the 20 years that I put in and create some sort of 
manual or system or program that they can follow to understand because most of us didn't go to college. Most of us didn't get a business degree. So we, we started right. off the creative who just wants to have fun and they teach you how to make money in this industry kind of, but they don't teach you how to keep it. They don't teach you what to do with it. They don't teach you how to be smart with it. And it's, it's a cash business. So there was multiple things that I knew under that umbrella, why people weren't able to hit those numbers. So, I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole of all the things that well fall under that. So here, so, you know, I think like a lot of times when people are thinking like, what am I going to do next? Or I'm not really happy with what I'm doing. Like, what should I do next? It's like, if you just look around, like the experience that you have is like, you can't trade, you can't buy that, right? Like that's your experience and those life lessons. And so you can actually see people who are behind you and go, Hey, actually I can help you do that. Cause I've done that. And I, I know all the ways not to do that. And there, and so I I've seen people not do it well. And I've seen people do it well. And here's how you do it well. And it's true. Like, I don't care what your job is, um, or where you went to like, no one's career really teaches them all the things, you know, for Pilates instructors, no one taught them anything about business. I know <laughs> I ran studios. I went to one and you know, my, my, when I asked like, Oh, how much do I charge? People are like, well, you know, so-and-so at the studio you're renting from is charging this much been teaching for 20 years. And this person's teaching for five years and they're charging this much. So you just charge a little less than them. And it's like, but that's not how you know how to make money. Like I was just sitting there going, but then how much money do I make a year? Right. Cause I was coming from a job where I had a salary. I was managing a jewelry store. And so I knew that at the end of the year, I will have made this much money plus my commission. Right. And so I was just really confused. I was like, but then how much, like how much money am I making doing this job? And everyone around me was like, there's no, mo there's no money applies. I'm like, how is that possible? How can there be no, why is everyone doing it then? Like, why would you teach it if there's nothing here? And what I just learned is that no one had taught people how to like actually figure out how to make a more than a living and, or a living, like even that. Um, and, and so what you did was just like, see like, wow, not only do I want community. So you like, we're solving a problem of your own, but you were also like, there are so many people who are missing like this amazing stuff that can take them to the next level. And with such abundance mindset, you weren't, you weren't thinking, well, if I help every stylist out, then like, there'll be no clients for me. You're like, no, if I help every stylist out, it's going to be a better place. I love that so much. Um, so you started beauty inspires beauty two years ago. Yeah. I think it's, it's been about two years now. Yeah. The time goes by so fast. So I, I felt like it needed to have a separate identity from myself. Um, as much as it, I like it to be the Jessica show most of the time, I knew that like I wanted to create a community that had like a place to live with or without me, whether I was there or not. Um, so yeah, Beauty Inspires Beauty kind of came from uh, inspiration from Kat Golden with Nurses Inspire Nurses. She was building that community and helping me figure out how to put one together myself. And she was someone else we met in the group. So, you know, she helped me kind of map out a program. And then she helped me map out how to build a community. And, you know, I'd always love swag. So who doesn't love a cute shirt that says something clever on it? I'm all about comfy, you know, stuff like that. So that part was easy to, to bring together. And I started these networking brunches and they were basically just a way for us hairdressers to get together. Because normally if we go to something, it's like a class where you're learning a skill set and you get very little time to network and talk with each other. And you know, I thought if I could put us all in a room together, maybe have a speaker or I would teach maybe some sort of a workshop or something tangible that they could take. But the real point was to get everybody together and, and create community so we could collaborate and create content and do all that kind of stuff. So we had about four of those. They were going really well. 
And actually the last one we did was in January of last year, um, all around reverse engineering your income and figuring out what your hourly worth was in this industry, just like Pilates, where people don't know how much they're making. They guess all year long and don't save enough for taxes, like so much bullshit. So, um, I, I, that was the last one I actually taught and it was sold out. I had 25 people at my studio and everybody was hungry for more. And it was like such a amazing space. And then COVID hit and yeah. because I hadn't quite introduced the idea of pivoting in this industry yet. I was still just talking about community and like, you know, getting a better grip on your business. Um, when I tried to take them virtual, it was like, because we were forced to shut down in the way we were, people weren't prepared. So really back end COVID did me a service by showing people now a year later that you need to have other options. You need to have a backup plan and you need to be in a position where someone's not going to take your only stream of income away from you. So that's where I like. I put my money where my mouth was and invested in a network marketing company called Monate, which is strictly hair and skincare and a little bit of wellness. And it was just in alignment with my brand and what I've been selling and using and talking about for 20 years. So that's why I chose that route. But if you're passionate about other things, like there are so many companies that are already built for you that you can jump into work in the little bit of time that you have and get that going. So you can have residual income or create another stream of income that doesn't necessarily mean you're trading time for money. If I don't show up and have that client, I won't get paid. If that client no shows me, I won't get paid with businesses like this. You can invest very little to start and they can build as you go. So if, and when something like this happens, you at least have options. Yeah. And you, and you said it right there, that has to be an alignment. Um, yeah, I know. I think like COVID will, I think we'll look back in year from now, two years from now, 10 years and realize like the gifts that were given for, um, a lot of us just like highlighting things that maybe some people were ignoring, um, some just really getting us more prepared for the future. Um, you mentioned something earlier and it was like, you know, now you're like a beginner at this coaching and this creating this thing. And so it's not, it's not a baby. I mean, it's still in infancy as far as businesses go, but those first few meetups, I think a lot of people get so nervous that they're going to bring people together that first thing. Cause you don't know how it's going to be. Right. So you're just like, think that I want this to be good. think it's going to be good. So I would love it. If you could like, take us through, like, what did you say to yourself before you went to that, um, first meetup? What, it, what was it? Cause I mean, like that to me is like the ultimate be it till you see it, because like, you've not actually done this before. So now you're about to do it <laughs> and you don't know how it's going to go. So can you take us to what that felt like? Yes. And this is actually a story I haven't really talked about out loud. So I think this is going to help so many people too. And looking back, I'm glad I did it this way, but I also, of course, wish I had done it a little bit differently, but it is what it is. So events that I'd gone to prior had usually not been hosted by one person. Normally there's a couple speakers, there's excitement, there's hype, there's all the fluff in between, like, you know, so I thought in order for me to put on my first event, I had to have all of that, right? Hello, go back to our perfectionist moment, right? It has to be perfect. Well, I've planned a wedding. I've planned parties. I've planned this. So I was like, I need a DJ. I need mics. I need an outdoor venue. <laughs> I need drinks included. I need them to have gifts. I need way too much food. I mean, I just did the most. And then <laughs> I decided, I decided instead of me leading the workshop, I needed to have expert guests. Well, the whole point was just a network, <laughs> but I turned it into a, well, it's not going to be good enough unless I have a speaker who's like world renowned celebrity stylist. And then, well, he's coming. So I should ask my mentor to come and speak. Well, 
I tried to do too many things at once. I had this grand idea that I was going to record two podcast episodes while I was there between the two of them. It was meant to be like a Q and a session so that people could listen in and I could ask questions and then we could open it up to the floor. Cause it was, there's about 30 people there. So in hindsight afterwards, the first guy that came on, I didn't know him that well. And he was a celebrity stylist from Vegas. I will name, not name names, but this motherfucker took over my show. Like And at the same time, I was trying to be like, it's not about me, but he made it all about him. He showed up with a screen. He showed it up with prompts. He showed up with like a guided meditation. And then at the end, let everybody know that he was doing coaching. (laughs) The etiquette, bro, like, like, so And one of my girlfriends, you'll know, Kirsten, she came up to me in the middle of his thing because he did that. She goes, this is your event. You better figure out how to take it back right now because he's about to steal your show. (laughs) And at the time good for I was her. Like, good for that's a great friend to have. It was a, but at the time I was like, oh, this is great. He's doing amazing. But then I was like, will they remember him at the like it was one of those moments where you wanted to just let it be what it was. But in, at the same time, after I walked away, I was like, I could have handled that. I should have stepped up and done my best, nervous or not, and given them whatever I could. And it was funny because it went way longer than it was supposed to. And then by the time we got everybody connecting, which, you know, we do at the bliss project and we've learned so many great techniques on how to get people to talk and connect with each other. They didn't want to stop talking to each other. And it was in that moment that I was like, this is really what they wanted to come for. The speakers were great, but now they're talking to each other. Now they're collaborating. Now, you know, salon down the streets, talking to this salon down the street when they've never met, even though they've worked next to each other for all these years, like you usually stay in your bubble in a salon and you don't like collaborate with other stylists or other salon owners. And there's so many like independent suite salons now that people are working alone, especially since COVID. So they don't have any of that community and no one to talk to about business, about ideas or any of that. And, um, it was in that moment with that workshop that I was like, I got the next ones. So after that, the next ones were like me leading me coming up with something, you know, to teach on and to share, um, and then just really collaborating and getting them to talk to each other. And then when I did feedback, that was their favorite part was talking to each other. <laughs> I, this is awesome. And I think like, I think back to like some of the things that I've done where I based it on other people's things who have budgets that are, you know, we just <laughs> only could dream of. And the reality is, is the part that people always love the most is just the time after whatever they came for, where they just hang out. <laughs> Yeah. And I think I had like close to $3,000 on that little, uh, clearly I didn't make any money. I didn't get my podcast out of it. I got a shitty video. Like nobody could eat the food because they were sitting at this big table. So we, it was just such a great learning experience. And, um, from that point forward, they were all profitable after that. But I think, you know, even if someone is listening and going, oh, well that like, I, and now what do I do? It's like, I think you had to do that one so that you could end up getting the one, like having what you have now, like you had the first thing, the first thing to do anything, it, it, you may as well go as big as you actually can and afford and with what you have, and then you can get the surveys back and then realize like what people really want. You can reflect back on what you really want. Cause you just don't always know, like, <laughs> and, and don't, don't get it. Don't get me wrong. People were raving afterwards. I was the only one. It's like the wedding where like a couple things go wrong and nobody knows, but you, it was one of those moments. Like, like I would say more than half of the girls that I knew from that, that came up to me, they're like, Oh my God, can you do these every month? We, we like are excited. Are you going to have a membership? Like, 
they were, they didn't. That's they, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> you're, you know, I love that you bring up the wedding because it's true. Like people, I should this, I, before I ever got married, my friend was getting married and she was stressing about something. And this other girl in the bridal party goes, just so you know, we stressed for hours over what kind of tablecloth we were going to use. And the tablecloth on the gift table, like that one was like, had to be this particular lace. And we were really, we like shipped it in from like somewhere else. And she's like, I got the pictures back. And that tablecloth was never put on the table and I didn't even see it at the wedding. So she's like, just be careful what you stress over. (laughs) And I just remembered that when I, when I got married, I was like, people don't see the table. They don't remember the tablecloth, you know? So, um, I, I do think that you're, you're right. Like you, the way you perceive things is different than what they perceive. And I think that's also what a great takeaway for people to think is that like, what we perceive as like the worst mistake or like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that is not what people see. Like they're like, you know, I, I recently was teaching a live masterclass and the tech, the service provider we used decided to end my broadcast. And I wasn't using zoom. I was using something else because it's way easier to send out a replay to hundreds of people. And I've used it before. It's never had this. And just like, I don't know, just decided you're done. And I was like, oh my God. And so I, I could still chat to them. And I was like, here's a zoom link. And like, I moved him over to zoom and I was freaking out while I was coming over. I'm like, take a deep breath. And I thought no one's going to want to sign up for my thing at the end. Cause they're like, this girl can't even keep her like masterclass, like on a platform, you know? And you know what? Everyone moved over, which is a sign that like they were loving it. And they were so impressed with how quick I was able to handle it. It was more impressive than I was giving it credit for. So we just don't always know what's on the label when we're inside the bottle. (laughs) Oh my God. That's such a good story too. And honestly, like, I think until you do something for the first time, like give yourself some grace. If you're thinking about creating something or doing something, just know that you, I could have done that same event for $300. We went and got their own drinks. Like just all the things you think things have to be a certain way. Like if you have an idea or if you have something you want to start or build, yeah, I get it at a book club. If I just wanted to get people together in the industry and say, it's only for beauty professionals or, you know, there's a way to start that doesn't have to be like Lori Harder or whatever. I think because we stayed around so many women who are powerful and doing big things, like my little meetup in the back patio of this coffee shop felt like so small compared to, but you know, she tells the story. She started small too. She started with little wine meetups that she would do for free. It's like, we all have to start somewhere. So like, be okay with being a beginner. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, okay. I want to talk really quickly about, um, you're, you're a single mom and you're 40 and you're running your own business. And I just think like that will resonate with so many women listening to this, because I do think that it's easy to get caught up. If you are a mom and you're like, well, I've got kids, I have to take care of them, their priority or, you know, and for you, you you're doing it all. So can you touch on like, what that's like, what your secret sauce is to making it all work. Um, what you're thinking, what you're looking forward to. I mean, there's, I think there's probably greatness in being single as well. Okay. So I'm going to answer that in a way you probably didn't think I was going to answer, or maybe even want to, but you're catching me on a full moon and the week before I'm starting my period. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you, I don't do all the things myself. I have a lot of help with my mother. His dad is amazing. So I don't do it all by myself. I literally have the best support system as far as like that back end is concerned. Um, I have always been fiercely independent when it comes to like my business and stuff. So I think that's just been a progression from before I was single or even a mother. So because I kind of had those boundaries, habits, just things I showed up for anyways, it was, it was easier, not easy for them to continue on even after having a baby. Now, for the not so pretty part, 
like yesterday was one of those days. It was ugly here in San Diego. I was in my fields. I had a hundred things to do and I didn't want to do any of them. I questioned everything. I called my best friend and I was like, I don't think coaching is for me. I don't like talking to people who can't get their, like I went down the rabbit hole. So just know like with hairdressing, people think every day should be fun. You're, you're being creative. It's work. It's super hard. And some days you have a day full of shit bag clients that just dump all this bullshit on you. And you're like, fuck this. Like, you know, so, and then the next day you have amazing clients. So everything is an ebb and flow. And because I am like a recovering perfectionist also being able to be okay, not having a perfect day, not feeling amazing, not being super motivated. Um, even before I do things like this, I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And when I'm doing them, it's through the power of doing and taking the action that I'm re-inspired. I'm re-motivated. I'm refocused. Um, because if you're an independent, if you're a creative entrepreneur, if you're an accidental entrepreneur, you don't have a boss up your ass. You don't have someone on a strict schedule telling you all the things you need to do. You see people in corporate, if they don't get this, 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 and done between nine and five, like they're fired. They don't get their bonuses or they're fired, but we don't have anybody doing that for us. So I have to do that for myself, which is extremely difficult and makes me question that I should go get a corporate job every other month or every six months. I felt like that for 20 <laughs> years. I've thought every, about every five years or so, I'll be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Let me see what else I could do. And just the freedoms that come with running your own business, the creative space that I can give myself, like, because I gave myself that shit day yesterday, I've been on fire today. I had an amazing workout this morning. I created a whole new business this morning with website and domain name and an Instagram. Like I am on it today. So <laughs> let yourself, like, that's the beautiful thing. Like Monday suck Tuesdays, fucking the new Friday. I don't know. So yes. And okay. I know I, I can see why you thought maybe I wouldn't like this answer, but I freaking <laughs> love this answer. I love the honesty in it. And I think that that's, you know, it's, there's not, not every day is like highlight worthy or even like mm-hmm. worth telling people about. And there are days in life that you just want to quit. But I, I think that that, that honesty is exactly what people have to hear. And then I, the beginning I want to highlight is that like you have boundaries. And I think that that is where I don't care if you've got kids or don't have kids. Like if you don't have boundaries, it makes everything hard and you lean on people who love you. And I think a lot of people think they have to do, they, I have to do it myself. And it's like, no, that we used to live in like commute, like commute, like we used to be in tribes. They're just like, there are people who would pick the food while you were babysitting. Like there, we don't have to do this on our own. Yeah. And I'm going through an interesting uh, transition in my life too, with my son's dad, because he is going to this next level of success in his business, which is requiring him to be gone a lot. And for me to kind of pick up the slack, or I feel like I have to pick up the slack. And as a mom, I don't know if anybody's on here, that's a mom that can relate. Like when you have, if you had a semi-successful or successful career prior to having a kid, nine times out of 10, you backed off a little bit for a little while. And if you had a client-based business like mine, those people went somewhere else. So it took me from the time he was born till probably three or four years later to rebuild where I was before I had him not progress, not get further, not make more money. Like I literally had to kind of rebuild and start all over because I chose to have my son at 30 versus early 20 so that I could be home more but then come to the point where you're a single mom and you're kind of having to balance and do all these things on your own. There was a lot of resentment and frustration I had with his dad now that his career is taking off and things are, it's a lot to juggle. So yes, having boundaries and being very clear about what I need and definitely being okay with asking for help. If I need a break, Hey mom, can you please take Kai? I know it's my night, but like I need a night off or I need to go out with my friends or I need to go on a trip for three days to get out of here and not do anything. 
also the rules to life with social media. I'm supposed to post every day. Well, I, I don't feel like it yesterday. I didn't post for like three days. You have to do it on your own terms in your own way. Yeah. Otherwise you won't be sustainable. You'll want to quit. You want to give up all those things. Yeah. Oh, well, we can literally can keep talking for right. hours. I love talking with you. Um, we're, we're going to chat about how people can follow you, listen to more of what you have to say, and also some, um, some more quick tips. Although I feel like we got some great ones already. So just uh, one second. I know how much you're enjoying this show. Me too. If you're looking to make more time for you and have more energy, get my free 30 minutes Pilates class at onlinepilatesclasses.com slash be it pod. If you're new here or haven't done this yet, this is a great way to start making yourself a priority. So head over to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T-P-O-D. Now back to the show. All right. So Jessica, where can people follow you? I mean, I'm, I mean, they're falling in love with you, I'm sure, but like you've got a podcast, you are on Instagram, like what's the best place to find you? Yes. So we have the Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast where you can hear more of my life lessons um, from behind the chair, but also just success stories of people coming up in the industry, similar to what I just shared with you guys today. I really dig into where they started, how they got there and what their plans are. Um, and then on Instagram, if you want more of this good stuff, it's at Jessica Bergio is my Instagram. And yeah, I just, I feel like, you know, I just want to leave everybody with done is better than perfect. Messy action trumps no action. And just start where you are listening to people like Leslie staying around other good positive propaganda is what is going to push you to whatever your next level is. Oh, amazing. I mean, you're right. That's how you be it. It's like done is better than perfect. Take messy action. I love, I love all of those. It's my, um, I think we have some shirts we're making with them. Good. <laughs> I, love them. I have a, I have a shirt. I wanted to say that says nobody wants to be friends with perfect because it's like, yes, <laughs> I want one. <laughs> we'll send you one. We'll send you one. Oh my gosh, Jessica. Thank you so much for taking time out of your life and your business to, to share so honestly, um, who you are and how you got here and how other people can be it till they see it. So thank you. And I can't wait till next time. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you screenshot this tag Jessica and I in it um, and let us know your favorite takeaways. That is how um, people, more people can hear about us and also hear about what Jessica's rocking because if she inspired you, I want you to listen to more that she has to say. All right, we'll see you at the next one. episode of the be it till you see it podcast one thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast also make sure to introduce yourself over at the be it pod on instagram i would love to know more about you share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it help us and others be it till you see it have an awesome day Tell You See It is a production of As the Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Kevin and Bell at Desenio handle all of our audio editing and some social media content. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music, and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Cioffi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mondal, for creating all of our visuals. 
which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.